0: Welcome to this podcast episode, the podcast which is about Transformers, if you didn't know. And I am Sean. Charlie. And this is Thomas. And together we are... SparkCast.
1: Spark
0: and today's episode, we will be looking at Season 2, Episode 5... 6? Six, six. 6. Season 2, Episode 6, The Immobilizer... Yet another Season 2 episode that is still just the Season 1 characters. So before we begin, first, there's any differences in the Japanese version I've mentioned before that Skyfire was not aired until the entire series had finished airing because it was not a toy that company owned in Japan. Well, since Japan has to cut a minute of the show for their theme song and Skyfire only shows up for less than a minute, guess what was cut (laughs) so the thing could actually be aired? That's it. That's, that's all I noticed about the Japanese differences.
2: Uh, we'll get to it, but they actually cut out something that made the episode make more sense. Because oh. what happened does not make sense. <laughs> Sarcasm not appreciated. We'll start out with the writer.
0: This was written by Earl Cress. He wrote six Transformers episodes. He said Starscream was his favorite of two Transformers to write about because Starscream was so fun to beat up. I feel like that's the second person to say stuff like that, something like that. <laughs> he contributed to the story of the Fox and the Hound movie and wrote many episodes for the Richie Rich Scooby-Doo show, Pound Puppies, Tiny Toot Adventures, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain, both nominated for Daytime Emmys. And he wrote many episodes for many shows throughout the 80s and 2010s and also wrote 26 out of the 215 episodes of Wink's Club. And even though he passed away in 2011, the currently in-development movie Wacko's Wish relisted has him listed as a writer for it because he did write the original Wacko's Wish movie from 1999. This new movie is going to be the exact same plot and audio, just with 140 different animators retelling the entire movie in their own animation style. I was surprised he didn't contribute or create a lot of the stuff for Winx Club or maybe he was just a writer that was good at writing them so they he wrote a lot more or maybe he was hired as a head writer in the beginning because that was a huge jump from like seeing a lot of episodes where he writes two to four then all of a sudden 26 for this one show. But he did a ton of stuff for shows that you guys probably watched. I wasn't an Animaniacs or Pinky and the Brain fan. You quite a, terrible a bit childhood. as a kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. it was a staple. It was it was a after school staple. I guess middle school and early high school.
2: It was good. It was a very funny show.
0: Well, I think it came on after I was too old. Like I watched Tiny Toon Adventures, Animaniacs came out when it ended, and I think Animaniacs came out when I was in high school, so I wasn't watching
2: like cartoons like that anymore. I get that. Yeah, definitely. I definitely got to a phase where I wasn't really watching cartoons at that time. Part of it was my school got out late, so I could I didn't I never got home in time to see afternoon cartoons but animaniacs is a good show i think even adults back then probably watched it and enjoyed it and it's really and i think that was true because it's one of the few shows from like afternoon cartoon block that they brought back and put on like a streaming service for all ages to watch yeah no i was wrong it came out in 93 i started high
0: school in 1996 i was just a stuck-up middle schooler who found anime and was like to these kids shows now
1: I think i started like really getting back into anime when i was like probably 14 or 15 i didn't notice it i used to think it was cheap japanese cartoons and i i'd see the you know the round mouths and i'd be like yeah change the channel i don't want to watch that
2: <laughs> well, it sounds like it sounds like sean w- was rushing to go watch ninja scroll and Charlie was running away from Ninja Scroll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: well, I hadn't discovered Ninja Scroll. I was running yeah. from Sailor Moon, I guess. <laughs> Me,
0: Grimlock, no like you. The plot of this episode, Wheeljack creates a super death sleep machine called the Immobilizer. Basically, it lets you sleep forever. Well, no, he de- they don't do that yet. It can freeze you temporarily, maybe like five minutes. The Decepticons get a hold of it because new human Carly is introduced in this episode. She and and Ironhide both feel guilty about letting the Decepticons take the Immobilizer. So both of them have their own separate plans to go and do something about it. It's a lot more, um, you know, advanced than that because there is some actual character stuff going on in this episode, unlike a lot of other episodes. So we'll start with like and didn't like. Well, the first thing I saw when he said I created a mobilizer, I was like, Gears is standing
2: right there. Use it on him. Use it on him. <laughs> Where you saw Gears, I saw Cliff Cliffjumper. <laughs> I, he was the first one I noticed.
1: <laughs> you know what I noticed about this episode? Here's what I liked. That nobody was throwing anybody under the bus. They were all just taking responsibility even when it just didn't make sense. It was totally ridiculous. Like Ironhide thought this was all of his fault because he wasn't patrolling though. Bumblebee had a freaking spy camera in his armpit the whole time. (laughs) And
2: (laughs) which was never discovered by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Carly is like, Oh my God, this is all my fault. And I wasn't even sure if she was evil or good at all at that oh, point. Oh, just, I was just wait
0: like Did we get to, the, like, the deleted audio for that. But no, Um. yeah, because Carly... So basically, Ironhide's guarding the entrance to where they're testing the Immobilizer, which is a forest, so it's not really like it has an entrance. And Carly has followed Bumblebee from the video arcade because she's really interested in the Transformers. Ironhide sees her and chases after her. And then... Uh, and because he's away from his post, I guess the Decepticons get the drop on the Autobots and take the immobilizer, and that's why they feel guilty. Because she's like, "Oh no, it's my fault." And he's like, "I left my post; it's my fault." And I'm like, "Guys, you were guarding like what the East Forest? They could have still come from the North, South, West. You know, the sky. Like, what? What were you? What were you gonna guard from your one entrance into a forest?"
1: And the whole reason they even were there, or even found them, is because. <laughs> Bumblebee was wearing the tracer the whole time. <laughs> they, but they, they were don't looking at where they were. They knew exactly where they were.
0: <laughs> but it's funny is like they never found that out. Or else we'd have a third person going, "Oh, gee guys, it's all my fault. I should have noticed that earlier."
1: Have just more like, I mean, yeah, Cliffjumper should have been there, and he should have been like, Ironhide, this was your fault. You were supposed to be guarding that perimeter. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: exactly what I was thinking and waiting to to tell Thomas too. You beat me to it. He's screaming. He's a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was like, why'd you leave your post? Did they give you some Energon cubes?
1: <laughs> uh, Sean, I
2: don't appreciate you actually <laughs> whitewashing <laughs> the situation with Ironhide. He didn't just see somebody in the forest and go chasing after them. He saw an unknown object moving in the grass, and he immediately shoots at it without checking to see if it was another Autobot or a Decepticon or a human. He just shoots. And well, then he goes and checks it out. Well, how did the episode start? <laughs> There's a hologram of laser
0: beak inside. Ironhide comes in and goes, laser beak's here. Bam, 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 bam. And starts
2: shooting the whole place up because it's a hologram. Yeah,
1: yep. that was and just great. Another
2: ins- just another instance <laughs> of Autobot bloodthirst. But you got this to is- admit,
0: though, he, you can't blame Ironhide for... you can't Okay, for the second part. But you can't for the first part because that's an enemy invading your base. There's like... No way, you can blame him for that one.
2: I mean, he could. I I don't blame him for for pulling his firearm, but I still think he had a chance to read the situation and I don't know, make sure he's not attacking his own or something. I mean, there's a (laughs) bunch of Autobots standing right in front of him. He he. I mean, maybe that would make you pause for a second, and not immediately take one step in the room and just start firing. (laughs)
1: That's not just comically, like, kind of charming, kind of like a Reno 911, like, a a goofy cop who's just, like, can't stop firing by accident.
0: I just want to get... I just... I have to tell you this now, because in the deleted audio, there's a cut sentence where... Somebody says to Ironhide at the beginning... I, I, I swear, he says something like, nice shooting, Ironhide, but Wheeljack is still standing. Like just being very flippant that one of them is still not on the ground.
1: I really thought wheeljack deserved to be on the ground with the that stupid idea. Why right. why build something that sounds so bad it may harm other transformers or well what it
0: needs is a positronic <laughs> brain. It could be yeah. a living immobilizer. This idea would be even better.
1: Like I invented this Autobot vaporizer, and if anybody (laughs) were to stand in front of it right now while I pull the trigger, they'd be turned into a pile of dust.
0: (laughs) Uh, Why'd you make
1: something like that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, there was something I thought was pretty weird. Is I I almost wonder if at the beginning or end of these episodes, there should be a warning for kids. I I I never realized this before. If there would be a warning that said, kids please do not jump into and out of a moving vehicle. Because how often does Spike do that? Like, Bumblebee transforms, opens the door, and Spike just catapults his body into it. Then he moves from the back to the front seat, too, while the vehicle is in motion. That is not good role model material.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I get that, absolutely. But I think, because the show's cater, it, it's I mean, it's aimed at younger kids who probably wouldn't even have the opportunity to drive a vehicle to, to even do that. So hopefully mm-hmm. their parents are around in a vehicle and they're paying attention and yelling. Hopefully they're not jumping out of the back seat. <laughs> like, look, Ma, look what I can do.
0: <laughs> they're not like but- opening the door to say, Mom, I'm going to jump out and roll just like Spike did. <laughs> Tell me no. <laughs> well,
1: the, the positive influence is where, you know, Spike was stopped by the cop who was just That's grilling those. him like crazy. And whenever he asked him if he was old enough to drive, he was like, Oh, no, that's okay. Look, my transformer drove me. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, he looks old enough to drive. Come on. He's, he's like a teenager or something. <laughs> but yeah. at least kids will think, oh, I shouldn't drive the car without my parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, what was funny is um, I-, I like Bumblebee's response. He's like, officer, we are robots in disguise hiding in plain sight on your planet so you won't be scared of us. And we're totally not infiltrating your planet to take it over.
2: <laughs> that's what it. There's felt like. no way that would have went over to me. That cop was an idiot. Like, <laughs> how many times has there been a global calamity caused by the Transformers? How are there still people who are shocked to see the transforming vehicle? Like, well, he wasn't that shocked. The police officer was like, oh, it's just you. Well, like, he didn't believe of- it. Like, he didn't. Like, he wouldn't accept this was a thing that's actually happening. <laughs> Yeah. Thomas,
1: this is a future time where people are incredibly tolerant and they value diversity. So they basically just have accepted Autobots into uh, society.
2: Yeah, except
0: this guy. He's not aware of it. <laughs> and, and the one thing I was excited about at the beginning is right after that conversation, all of a sudden, Ravage just jumps out of nowhere. But I was actually glad what, what Spike did something for the first like time ever. And I think he actually got the jumper cables and then put him on the car to Ravage and help save Bumblebee. I was like, hey, good job, human. You're no longer the useless person I thought you were.
2: Now Bumblebee is useless because he can't save himself. <laughs> well, I'm so used to Chip doing everything. I was always like, Spike, what have you done? <laughs> <It's> like... <laughs> and you know what? Since we're talking about them being in the city, so right before that, so the episode kind of opens with the whole Immobilizer getting destroyed or... Being broken, or it just needs to be improved. So they send Bumblebee and Spike to the city to go get a part. So somehow, cut to them just being at the arcade, just ignoring the order completely. And Bumblebee is playing a game called Robot Rescue, and it it's basically ro-
1: a resource. It actually says resource. Yeah, yes. oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's I robot. thought it said
0: rescue too. <laughs> it's a robot playing a machine that simulates robots
2: shooting guns. Yeah, they look like knockoff transformers. And I, when I saw that, I'm just thinking to myself in this universe, like, what exactly is stopping these game devs from just putting the transformers in there? Why do I have to use knockoff robots? Do they have to get permission <laughs> to use their likeness? Do they have to get permission from Optimus. And are there Autobots like covered under like copyright law or personal rights law?
0: Does the Earth notice the transformers as actual sentient beings with the rights of human
2: beings? Are they afraid of getting sued by a Decepticon lawyer or something? <laughs> I just want to see a Decepticon lawyer now, like, <laughs>
0: try to do something to get something from humans. And then just get so mad when
2: someone, like, intercedes with his plans. And the Decepticons take them all to court. It's like, you want us to follow a law, but you can't follow your own laws. But yes, that was pretty funny. It just made me think about that. The name of the arcade was called Robot Video Arcade. So I'm like, okay, is this, this, are arcades so popular that they just have just themed arcades where you go here if you want to play all your robot games?
0: (laughs) Well, you know how popular arcades were back in the early 80s, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What kind of robot games did they have in there? (laughs) The Galaga sound effects were actually used for that video game about the robots. Oh, yeah. 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 I don't know if it's still in there for the shot factory, but I'll see when I go watch that one again. One thing was weird though, is the immobilizer, what they later tested out on organic water. He's just like, I made this for like the Decepticons, but let's try it out on organic stuff and see what happens. And I'm just like, all right. And like, how far does it stretch? Why isn't there real water coming over the solid water? But that's just like, you know, cartoon logic. So I guess I couldn't, shouldn't, you know, think of that. But what I did find funny was Braun is like that's not harder than my hydraulic knuckles and then he goes punch ah I'll take that
1: back I <laughs> <'Cause-> <laughs> yeah that was classic
2: <laughs> So that whole sequence happens where they're in the forest and you know they're testing out the immobilizer on the water um, but then the Decepticons show up and you know they fight they get control of the immobilizer So the Decepticons, a group of them, are standing on top of the frozen water, holding the immobilizer. And the the Autobots are trying to get it back, but then the frozen water, I guess the timer, runs out and it transforms back to water. And then the Decepticons get swept away. But instead of continuing what they were doing to get the immobilizer from the Decepticons, they all just point and laugh at them, that yeah. they're getting swept away instead of like either firing on them or or just taking the immobilizer. They just sit there and laugh, like, what's going on? Like, what do you? And they just they just walk away and like, oh, we won. Oh, who who cares? We won. They just completely give up on defending the thing. You did see the
0: water take them out pretty quickly, so it's not like they could have caught up with their non flying ability. We'll shoot at him at least. Come on! (laughs) But it 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 is a way to get them to have it and leave, other than just going Decepticons retreat. Right. Though it does have what is it the best parts? Starscream is like I've got you now, and then as he's flying down, (laughs) sideswipe just jumps in the air and shoves him into a tree. Oh man,
2: that was so weird because I'm like, (laughs) wait a minute, he's jumping like pretty high, like he's flying all of a sudden. Uh, then, yes, yeah, how he's just so easily just like, forget your jets. I'm going to overpower all this and toss you into the woods. <laughs> and then it,
0: Ironhide produces some red liquid that I don't know if it's sticky stuff, but it co- it <laughs> it's a starscream. And like, fall, Trips falls down. And then he starts going, ah, my hydraulics. And just starts walking into trees and
1: bumping into many trees like, ah, I can't move. Ah, I can't move. That I said so at one weird. point, I can't steer. Yeah. Or uh, I was like, you can't see or you can't steer. <laughs> like, what's <laughs> what's going on? Yeah.
0: And The funny thing is, after that scene, I'm like, Jesus, like if anyone ever asks you which robot transformer you want to be, your answer had better be Ironhide because he's got like six superpowers now. Like just all kinds of different liquid comes out of his hands. And now he has a jetpack all of a sudden, too. Yes, and no, it's not a jet pack, it's a jet slow pack. I guess (laughs) it can only slow his descent, not take him anywhere, or else he wouldn't have needed Skyfire, right? That's pretty good. Oh my god. One thing I thought was funny is how much of a, a, a fangirl Carly is.
1: Yeah, She's like, oh, I want to see Bumblebee. And then she's
0: like, ah, oh, I didn't get a chance to see these Transformers. I'm going to go visit their headquarters and follow them. And then she's like, oh, what are they doing? I'm going to go follow them too. And she's just like really excited to be there.
1: The first encounter at the arcade just made me seem like, I thought she was a Decepticon spy for sure. And she just rolls up there while spikes hang it out. And I actually, I thought she could have stolen the polarizer, but. <laughs> I mean, Spike just set it on an arcade machine and they're totally distracted. But I guess they went to, um, you know, some sort of Walmart super center with like a scientific lab and just <laughs> grabbed one. And yeah, just
2: they went set to it the on top the, of the
1: arcade the, machine while they we went just, to the Internet. Games. Cybertron section. <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, Carly just rolls up on him. And she's like, who's that cute Autobot? Can I need him?
0: <laughs> the best thing, though, is spike's jealous response like because like she immediately starts because at first he's like oh who are you and like he's like oh it's who's this you know hot girl and then she's like i want to speak to bumblebee and she doesn't even get like a sentence in before he's like bumblebee we gotta head back and get this part delivered because he (laughs) starts. he's like he's like really annoyed that this woman is talking to bumblebee and not him (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I definitely that was- <laughs> got that, too. That was hilarious.
2: They don't really touch on it at all in the episode, but it was it was obvious like how he felt about that situation. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why they didn't make it like he
0: starts talking to her about the Transformers and then Bumblebee's like, oh, man, we're late. We got to go. And then Spike gets mad. That probably would have been better instead of just having Spike appear like
2: a jealous idiot who still gets the girl in the end. Maybe that's the writer's way of expressing how they feel about him. Like, he's just a loser. Like, (laughs) nobody really likes you. We don't know why you're around. You're you're not special.
0: (laughs) Especially now that you got Carly on the team. I mean, Jesus, look what she did already in one episode.
1: Oh, God, I wanted her to leave so much. Like, she was like, "Can, can I follow you guys? And I'm like... No! Leave us alone! Spike hesitated. He's like, Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do want her car, though. I was like, oh, man. That purple convertible, man. That looks pretty cool. So even though Spike did something good in the beginning, he immediately undercuts it by stepping on the immobilizer controls and getting near it. And so Wheeljack freezes himself to save him. And I'm just like, ugh. Spike. You had such a good start. What happened? Because then he doesn't do anything the rest of the episode. In fact, you could say it's Carly that gets the guy at the end of the episode because Carly is definitely her and Ironhide are who the episode's about.
1: She just was in the way, honestly. She, okay, she helped, but she was just super, super annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, going to steal from the Autobots. I thought she was just going to get herself captured, which she did uh, momentarily, but it was like, she's making trouble. She she wanted to go back to their hideout and then she was acting like she was a spy in there. So, oh, here's where you keep all the weapons, eh? Hmm, oh, let me check so this awesome. out. And, and and that was all-
2: hilarious <laughs> with that yeah. sequence because, like, <laughs> you, she fits right in with all the Autobots because she in that sequence she exhibits her own bloodlust and, like, she, was, she just angrily was like, somebody should pacify those Decepticons and pacify their underwater headquarters. And like, Ironhide was all depressed and he heard her say that and he just starts smiling like, yeah, that's right. I know (laughs) what you're talking (laughs) about. Let's murder them.
0: Yeah, they both actually talk about pacifying them. I was surprised they didn't work together. Like she went off on her own and then he went to save her even though he technically quit already because he's like, I got to do something. But that ammo was so awesome because it's like, here's our ammo. Hundreds of huge missiles bigger than you humans.
2: <laughs> just unsecured bombs. Just like, man, I you better hope that the Decepticons don't fire a stray laser blast right there. I know. It was to take up the planet.
1: I was trying to interpret his like response to her. To me, I was like, was he thinking, I don't know if I should trust her? That sounded kind of evil. Or if he was just like, you know. That's my kind of gal. Now I'm going to leave her alone in the room full of weapons and let her do her thing.
0: Well, she falls behind because he's like, you know, well, this city will never have peace unless we convert to peaceful people or we pacify them once and for all. And (laughs) Kali's like, they should be pacified, those Decepticons. I was like, geez, whose parents of yours did they kill? (laughs) The funniest is when Wheeljack comes out of the Immobilizer, Ironhide's just like, they have the Immobilizer and it's my fault. And Will Jack's like, uh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> that's
1: exactly.
2: It just moves on from it's it, just,
0: like yes. whatever.
1: He's like Ironhide,
0: you guilt tripping again. That's
1: what I'm talking about. And even at the end, he's like, <laughs> um, "Can I return to active duty, sir?" Optimus is like, "Oh, you, you've never been off of active duty, have you?" <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Carly takes the bomb from the thing. That she somehow knows is a bomb and how to use it. She then goes to where the Decepticon headquarters is. Somehow she knows where that is. Plants a bomb. But what I find hilarious is the Decepticon's systems don't detect the bomb. They detect the human. (laughs) Then they leave the bomb there. And then this is like the most disturbing thing you've seen in any Transformers episode is... Dude, it was that like, was, it was the so weird. The explosion goes off like a few minutes after they've captured her
2: and it starts flooding the room. Two of the Decepticons run away Yeah, and Soundwave turns a switch that seals off the flooding rooms, but then they're like, okay, everybody's escaped except for that human girl. And they all gather around the monitor to watch and they're like, well, I guess this is going to be fun to watch. Let's see what happens here. And then they, they pause and like, even like a sky warp's in the background, just smiling and smirking as they watch this girl drown slowly. <laughs> and then it cuts to a first person view from
0: her eyes as she goes under the water, and all you see is dark blue. And it says, We're done here, let's go. And I'm like, Oh, god, they're just like, like Watch your the show. <laughs> and then you can't tell because it's off screen, but I assume
2: Ironhide swims through the hole that's already there. Oh no no he he she he shot I guess he went underwater and then he blasts into that particular somehow he knows exactly where she was and blew a hole into that room. Well, what happens is
0: Spike is like, "Hey, where's Carly?" Because she's not with Ironhide, and then they go and look for
2: her. And, <laughs> and okay, hold on, hold on. So before <laughs> we get to that, I want to set this up because there's a whole chain of events <laughs> yeah. that kind of lead to this whole weird situation with Spike. Yeah. Going back a little bit earlier, so the whole thing happens with the immobilizer, and Ironhide is like, for whatever reason, is super guilty about failing to patrol the areas securely mm-hmm. and letting the Decepticons get the immobilizer. So they go back to base and they're talking about it, and Ironhide's just, he's so sad, and he's like, I'm too old to be useful, and just immediately declares that he's retiring. Optimus follows up and just immediately accepts his resignation while Ironheart is, like, walking out the door. It's like they're not even talking at each other. He, he's like, I quit. Optimus is like, I, I'm okay with that, while, screaming at him while he's not walking out the door. Then Optimus mutters to himself, you'll be back. I miss him already. He says that in a weird, creepy voice of his own <laughs> self where it's like, <laughs> he's like, I miss him already. I'm like, is there something going on between you two? Like you have some kind of like secret (laughs) rendezvous Uh at night or something like that. It was, it was so weird. (laughs) I guess he retires. Funny enough, he does what a lot of retirees do. They just get a retiree job, which often enough is a typical tour guide. He becomes the tour guide. So all that happens, he does the tour and Carly gets separated and that's when Spike realizes, oh, okay, she's missing. And he's like, somehow Spike is like, well, we have to go find her because she was pretty upset about Ironhide. And he says, there's no telling what she might do. So when he says that, I'm like, what does that mean? Like it, the way you said it like that, it makes me think that she's exhibiting some kind of like suicidal tendencies and is oh, gonna right. like kill herself just because Ironhide retired. Immediately in the next scene, we see her out on the boat going to the Decepticon base to go bomb it, and I'm like, "Wow, she really is crazy!" Like Spike read that situation perfectly, and like she is like she 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 is a wild chick, and she's doing some crazy stuff. She she's going on a solo diving mission by herself to go bomb the Decepticon base. Yes.
1: Is this woman? I, I wasn't sure whether anybody should trust her. At first, I thought she was on the Decepticon side, that she was a spy. Oh, she's um, just
2: so interested. She's she spying that as, on, she so how, on both sides. How does she she even know, their
1: underwater base for no reason. How does she
2: even know what the base was? She went and got a boat.
1: Where's How does she get all these resources? Maybe she, she coaxed
0: it out of Ironhide on the tour. Like, where do you? Where do they, where's their base at, Ironhide? Actually, oh, it's over the, here.
1: On the <laughs> tour, she told Ironhide where their base was. She's like... Yeah, they have an underwater base. Somebody oh, yeah, should right. immobilize did,
2: she did, them. She, yeah, she did mention that, so <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, like how man, do you know how, that? Exactly. Like, it, if she knows that, how does the military not know what's going on? Are, are they going after that base? Do they set up a perimeter to keep civilians away?
1: Is she like the CIA or something? What the heck?
2: <laughs> it was. It was. It was so weird. But yeah, I yeah. mean that that whole sequence in leading up to it was just like, man, this is wild.
0: They go to look for Carly just for somehow. And then everyone's basically like, Well, it's time to go get the immobilizer back after Spike leaves, because Spike notices her car is gone. And then Ironhide He's hanging out at the base by himself. Yeah, he's by himself. Their Sky Spy satellite actually sees Carly being taken by Laser Beak. So he's like, Oh no, I gotta go over there. And
2: somehow he No has he doesn't. Time- no, 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 no. He doesn't. the so Spark plug goes and tells Ironhide, "Come look at this. They capture her. You have to go do something about it." He's like, "No, I don't want to do anything." He said he tells Sparkplug, "Tell Spike to go handle it." And I'm like, oh, "What, my what god. do you mean? How is that a solution?" <laughs> well, somehow
0: and somehow he changes his mind. He goes and finds Skyfire. He goes and rendezvous with Spike. And then they all go and rendezvous at the god, at the uh at the Decepticon base beach, or cliffside, and they somehow have time to do all this, save Carly, come
2: back, before the Autobots get there, who already left before him. Oh my god, this whole, yeah, this whole, so that's why, this this episode, I took so many notes, because there was so much happening. We kind of skipped over the whole, some of that part with Ironhide and Sparkplug, Mm -hmm. because Sparkplug says, you're Carly's only hope. He says that to Ironhide, and I'm like, well, yeah, he can go help and save her, but you're standing in front of Teletran 1. Why can't you communicate with the Autobots? Like, they're heading over there already. Tell them to expect to go save Carly while you're there. But then, yes, you're right, Sean. Like, they get to somehow Ironhide gets there before the rest of the Autobots who have already left. I guess Skyfire mm-hmm. flies him there somehow. He flies from the Antarctic, picks up Ironhide, new makes it to Bumblebee, <laughs> who's en route, picks well he doesn't pick him up he drops off Ironhide and Ironhide and Bumblebee decided to drive the rest of the way instead of take Skyfire all the way there all that happens they still beat the rest <laughs> of the Autobots to the base <laughs> so I, this was i yeah that part confused me like how do how are the Autobots not there already they go to the base they do the whole rescue sequence they swim back to the shore and then only then have the Autobots made it there <laughs>
0: uh there's a part that comes up after that I like, is all the Decepticons are there, because all of a sudden Ironhide has saved, has saved, has saved everyone. And he's waving, and they're like, "Time to go!" And Ironhide just saved Carly's life, and then dun dun, you see him frozen. <laughs> and like, the humans come out there, and they're like, "Ironhide, let's go!" And they're like, "Oh no, he's frozen!" I was like, "You can't tell
2: he's gray, unless." <laughs> like Bumblebee was there. Bumblebee, he saw this happen before. He should know what just happened.
0: So, uh, maybe the greyness is not something that the humans and the Autobots see. Maybe it's just something for us the viewer because no one ever comments on it or finds out right away that someone is immobilized.
2: Well, yeah, that that might be true. I choose to believe that the Autobots are colorblind.
0: <laughs> and that the humans are just stupid. They don't see a gray Ironhide right after that. Oh my god. But the they best just- part is Maybe that's what Ironhide's one Iron hundred powers. <laughs> yeah, there's a really funny moment where <laughs> where uh, uh, Megatron's just standing there, giving the whole supervillain speech to Bumblebee and the humans, and then Optimus is just like surprise and shoots him in the face, and he falls over. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, that oh, is so hilarious. hilarious. He just goes, "What? No, ugh."
2: <laughs> like didn't even know they were that there. That seems to be a repeat thing that happens because I'm pretty sure he's done something similar at like multiple times before, where he just appears out of nowhere and like it just shoots Megatron in the face <laughs> mid sentence.
0: But then he also immediately shoots Rumble and Rumble goes freaking flying. It's like <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> but then of course, because Megatron's down, Starscream gets to be the leader for one whole minute—the
2: best minute of the episode. <laughs>
0: But then later, when they actually do eventually lose, Megatron is just hilarious as a spoiled child because they've got the Immobilizer
2: back. He's like, no,
1: it's mine, it's mine.
2: <laughs> yes, that was very uh, tangible. Sure.
1: <laughs> for a little while.
0: I never hear him like say it like that, that temperamental.
2: Yeah, he was shaking his arms up and down like a child.
0: Because <laughs> what happens is the Immobilizer is turning the Autobots one by one to being frozen. Carly is like, I know what I can do. Can you drill me up there? They just go right up there, like she knows which of the Autobots. Well, she is an Autobot fangirl, so of course she knows which Autobot can go under the ground. And she just gets up there and reverses two of the, the, two of the wires and then leaves, and it causes the Immobilizer to start unchanging all the things it's already changed. And Rumble's like, I'm not doing it, while Megatron yells at him. And eventually, it, I guess it explodes or something.
2: I think Ironhead grabs it and like throws it in the ground, and breaks it.
0: Oh, yeah. Cause that's when he has the tantrum. But no, it's funny how at the end they're just like, Carly, how'd you do it? Oh, I'm going to a college
2: for science. That's how I knew it. Well, it wasn't just science. It was, <laughs> this is weird. It's like they ask her, how did she do it? She explains, like, this is what I did. And it, to me, I'm hearing, this is what I did. And I did it because I'm smart, because MIT. <laughs> Yeah, don't you know MIT? I can do anything because MIT. <laughs>
1: exactly that. <laughs> that ending is hilarious. We gotta well, discuss it.
0: Well, she actually says that she watched them take it apart and work on it, and so she saw what was inside and knew what to do to reverse it.
2: No, but that's, that still doesn't explain anything. She doesn't oh, know yeah. what's happening. She saw some hand movements, and then all of a sudden hey, she understands. Her high machine. school paper was on
0: reversing polarities. Come on. She knew what to do. Her thesis paper.
1: Hey, that was an ion stream she was reversing. That's just oh, okay. ionizing, ionizing <laughs> particles. <laughs> the funniest part had to be... You'd have to like kind of turn off the sound and just watch the body language, but... <laughs> I think they were trying to bill her as being good enough to join the Transformers because she's so smart. But then when you look at um, just the reaction of the Autobots, I mean, Wheeljack is just shaking his head like, this is all we need. Another woman around here thinks she knows what she's talking <laughs> oh about. Oh, my God. And then this one Autobot, like, leans over and whispers in Spike's ear. I was thinking, you know, of course, he's saying, why don't you ask her out on a date? She could be good around here, but I, honestly, my interpretation is: Hey, man, she's a geek. Tell her some geek stuff. Get her out of here quick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, I did like. Th- I did think that was funny, though, on how he acts her because they're talking about science. He then asks her out on a date by giving her the scientific properties, I guess, of ice cream sodas or something. I don't hey, man, think that, real- that
1: wasn't a date. That was getting rid of her. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but I just, I just thought that was pretty funny, like a way to do it, though.
1: He, yeah, he's trying to like. He's like, okay, let me let me distract her, and uh, I'm driving her away. Okay, bye, guys. I, I'm taking her far, far away. You won't see mm-hmm. her other side of the city.
2: <laughs> I mean, I do kind of think she kind of fits right in, unlike Spike and Sparkplug. Well, Sparkplug <laughs> no, makes Spark himself Fortune. useful. Yeah. Spike does not. I don't know why Spike is around.
0: <laughs> it's um, like they
2: I- might as well fire Spike and hire that Doctor
0: Archival. Save him from Cybertron in Starscream's dungeon and just get him over there. Hopefully he's too angry to like work with them ever again and work with the Autobots. But yeah,
1: you know. yeah, just just mute it and watch the end, Thomas. You'll you'll see what I'm talking <laughs> about. They 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 don't want her back. We're not going to have any more Carly. That was it.
2: I mean, Ironhide wants her back. We cannot forget that smile. The biggest smile on his face when she was talking about murdering Decepticons. They're bloodlust buddies now, OK? Exactly. She fits right in. She fits right in. And she's actually kind of resourceful. Like, you know, she did the whole thing going after the Decepticon base. When Laserbeak was flying at her, she at least tries to defend herself somehow. I mean, obviously she fails, but at least she tried. Um, So, yeah, I mean, she's definitely the humans here right now is Sparkplug, Chip, Carly, everybody else, and then Spike. Like, I, th- th- those three had proven themselves to be useful, unlike Spike.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, that's why it's like, oh man, you helped out today. I think
0: he helped out in one other episode, but it's like, I'm yeah, i yeah, he's done other stuff, but it's always Chip or his dad that repairs them, to do something. Yeah, he's, he's the last pick in the draft. Everybody else is better than him. They're better <laughs> humans than he is. Okay. So you want to know something, Charlie, about Carly? She's me. She will return. On the future
1: episodes
2: (laughs) of the Transformers. Oh, okay. (laughs) Now Charlie wants to know, is she actually going to be an unwanted guest? Does she just invite herself in the next episode? I think she's only in like four more
0: episodes. But there is an episode where her and Spike accidentally get stranded on Cybertron together during one of the Space Bridge mishaps.
1: Oh, God, that sounds awful.
0: But they only
2: have Shockwave up there, so they'll be fine. Because he can't hit anything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god why do they use these other humans so sparingly because like chip was several episodes ago and chip's almost gone he has maybe one two more
0: appearances left before the people that wrote him no longer write any more episodes wow and they no longer care about him for some reason i don't know but why I feel he's, Like
2: he would be useful
1: too chip died he doesn't actually die
0: no oh. he's a season one character that Because I had the first season on VHS, I thought he kept going until I watched all these in college and was like, oh, Chip just is gone from season two and three. Like, nobody cares about him.
1: They should have just killed him (laughs) in an episode. Then we, this would be about the, you know, avenging Chip's death. (laughs) But
2: there's no (laughs) way he would die as long as he has courage.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. He shows up. In three more episodes. That's all we have to look forward to. Them. Yeah, this was uh, a very eventful episode. It was it was very amusing. Yeah. Carly has four more episodes.
1: And then she just disappears into the ether somewhere.
0: <laughs> Do you want me to spoil it for you?
1: Oh yes. Does she die? Oh no, wonderful. she
0: <laughs> in the ten years time skip for season three, she and Spike are married and Daniel's their kid, the oh. kid that's in the movie.
1: Oh no this is the chick that's married to him. Oh, Ah. yes.
0: She actually has a few episodes with him in season three. She could have done so
2: much better
1: choice. Oh my
2: God. Spike's a loser. She's in MIT and she's like resourceful and stuff. Like what good is he (laughs) in the future? I guess
0: spike becomes some human ambassador for the transformers or something. I don't really know what his position is. All I know is they're always leaving Daniel by himself with the Autobots. So, that kids watching at home can pretend to be him.
1: <laughs> that's, that's good rationale. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did any of you guys spot any ridiculous animation errors?
1: I don't think it's really an error, but um, the part where Braun drills underground was just <laughs> humorous. I thought it was really funny. And he's yelling, almost there. <laughs> As he's like going across the screen at a diagonal. I guess there wasn't enough animation or something. He was just kind of sliding across. (laughs) I thought it was really funny.
0: Yeah, I only saw some small ones. Like, Gears was painted blue for some reason, I think, instead of red when he was in his truck form. And then that scene where, you know, where Carly's room is flooding, Skywarp and Thundercracker run out. Then it cuts to Starscream leaving the door, and then it cuts to only Skywarp going to Megatron. And I'm like, did two of them left? Why did only one of them show up at Megatron's side? Is the other like just chilling out? Not there? But yeah. oh, one thing that was funny is the animation error where it's not an error where when they first leave Ironhide because they think they've saved Carly Spike and Carly get in the car and it's this just giant still frame to save animation of both of them and Carly has this like hey sexy look whereas Spike just looks like
1: a major one There's one point where I thought Megatron had been immobilized, but the animation was just too slow and it kind of hung up after one of his phrases. Hmm. Like he just was there with his mouth open too long. I really thought he'd been shot and immobilized, but he just was kind of frozen for a second.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I also noticed is Wheeljack's hand kept going through the immobilizer when he was putting the part in once Bumblebee and Spike returned it to him. It just kept moving in and out of it, and I'm like, are you, are you rotating it? Are you physically pushing through it? I can't really tell what's going on or what motions you're doing. But there was also just a weird one in the beginning where Ironhide waves in front of Spike to go help Wheeljack under the rocks or whatever. There's no physical way that he could have moved that way without smacking Spike with his hand and flinging him forward into the monitors because it was just not proportioned to how you should have moved around someone. Although something was kind of funny. Megatron jumps off screen to transform into a gun and then falls into Soundwave's hand. And you don't hear the sound, but it's also like, oh, this is a way to cover up some animation time by not having to animate him transforming. But yeah, did you notice anything, Thomas?
2: No, I didn't notice anything with this, anything noteworthy. Okay,
0: so ingrained into the weird story, right?
1: Did you see the funny moment where the cop rolls up on um, Spike and cuts him off? Right before that, they kind of did the car in front, car behind thing. But yeah, his head doesn't yep. move at all. <laughs> yeah, it's <is> really funny. <laughs> I took a screenshot of it because it just looks hilarious to me. <laughs>
0: hear the deleted audio. There's actually a lot of things in here. I, I really liked this one.
1: They
0: must be and you'll get to see more things. Charlie, that make it seem like Carly has some ulterior motive in the beginning.
2: Wow! Unbelievable! He got double bonus points on the first go! Excuse me, may I cut in?
0: Uh, you'll have to wait your turn. I... I... uh, I... I saw you come in with that cute Autobot. Could you introduce me to him? You want to meet... him? Oh, yeah, sure. Bumblebee, this is, uh... somebody named... Carly! It's a pleasure to meet you, Bumblebee. Uh, Bumblebee, remember Wheeljack's polarizer? We should have been back with it hours ago. Well, I I hope to
1: see you again, Carly. You will, and sooner than you think. You're slipping, Ironhide. Wheeljack's still standing. I didn't do it on purpose.
0: Wheeljack, we got your polarizer. It's about time.
1: Powering terror, Autobots! I've got you now! Ah! Sounded entirely evil.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sooner than you think. But there's also more awkwardness for Spike. He's like, oh, this is uh, 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 oh, I. Like, he stutters when he sees her the first time.
1: (laughs) That was like a boner moment or something. (laughs) That was pretty bad.
0: (laughs) It was just funny. Like, I don't know why they cut that stuff out. Oh, Thomas, are you there? Yep.
2: What did you think of that extra stuff? I yeah, I mean that that one line where she says "sooner than you think." I mean that completely changes her character. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised they cut that out.
1: I got that vibe from her the whole time, though. I just thought, is she working for the Decepticons? Because immediately when they go outside of the arcade, that's when Bumblebee gets attacked by. Uh, was that earlier yeah 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 uh, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was after the arcade um right so i'm just like and i thought the cop was in on it too i was like so paranoid throughout this whole episode but the cop seemed normal since he was like oh i i didn't realize that you know something could attack the autobot too he was like looking like oh my god what is that because i thought he was part of it i thought like this was just like a scam (laughs) but oh well
0: (laughs) so these next Ones are pretty funny, too.
1: At last! (laughs) Autobots, assemble! My telemeter has uh, been damaged! Uh, I can't steer!
2: But until the Decepticons change or we pacify them once and for all, we don't have much choice.
1: Someone should pacify those Decepticons and their underwater headquarters. This is a really interesting tour, Ironhide. You won't regret it. Just wait and see.
2: Boy, man. It's just Two lines and just completely change her. Yeah, yeah.
0: You won't regret it, Ironhide. Dun, dun, dun.
1: This is a really interesting tour. You won't regret it. Just <laughs> wait and see.
0: <laughs> I know, I was like, what the heck? And the other was just like an extra an alternate dialogue of Starscream tripping around, because it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is actually a whole cut scene.
1: According to the laws of cybertronic physics, this contraption shouldn't work at all. But it does. So you'd better learn how to control it or I shall
0: let him slip away unharmed, just as you did with the Autobots? What?
1: So sorry, noble
0: Megatron. I didn't realize how sensitive you were about that unfortunate
1: incident. Okay, I hear Starscream being an ass.
2: <laughs> oh, man, that was funny.
0: <laughs> this device shouldn't even work. And Megatron's just like, make it work. It's <laughs> like, oh, okay. Well, I like how he's just like angry that Starscream is calling him sensitive.
1: Petronian physics but we're on earth so hey different
0: and there's actually a whole cut scene here too with the policeman from earlier how are we gonna find Carly Spike this is the only road she could have taken Bumblebee we'll just have to catch up with her Uh oh not again look it's
2: Skyfire Skyfire let me
0: out here I told you guys to watch that speeding. Sorry, officer, but we've got a critical situation
2: here. You sure do. Ironhide! Look, we got an emergency here. Our friend's been captured by the Decepticons. Carly, I
0: knew she was headed for trouble.
2: All right, get going. I'll call ahead and have the roads cleared. The cop is such a loser. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Also, is this the same road? It's basically the same scene, just like twice as long with the cop. He's like, oh, you've got a problem, this ticket. And then he's like, oh, oh, you were serious. All right, let's clear the roads.
1: And I'm like, "Exactly. aren't the other Autobots already up there in that traffic? I don't know. I'm telling you, Thomas, it's just, it's tolerance. This this whole new uh, Autobot future. Beautiful, man. man.
0: (laughs) And then there's one last scene. It's a Carly scene while she's kidnapped by the Decepticons.
1: I trust you're enjoying the show, female human, because when the immobilizer's been mastered, I'll need someone to test it on. You! (laughs) Need somebody to test the immobilizer on. Let's test it on Carly, yes! (laughs) (sighs) Female human is. (laughs) Female human. (laughs) That probably would have
0: been the scene where she actually saw them working on it
1: don't all walking meat bags look the same
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> to a robot.
0: <laughs> and then it's just an extra sentence that happened before the other scene where it's flooding. He's like, aha, you brought this on yourself, human. But yeah, know, that was a really fun one because there was just so many different scenes in this one. A lot of the ones before, sometimes it'll just be alternate takes or a sentence before and after. But, I mean, this had that, but also like a lot of extra stuff in it.
2: And it's also like a good example of how like editing, can really change around the tone of characters or just a scene or anything like that. Yeah. Cause that's two different scenes
0: with Carly dying. It's either human. You brought this on yourself or the version that aired, which is, ah, let's
1: watch. <laughs> I think we should do like, we should just dub over this. Just put our own sound to this whole story. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Is there an episode you've always wanted to dub over? Is this one of them? Not Autobot X.
1: I'd say this one is pretty fun. I'd, I'd love to redo this one.
0: <laughs> so on to retcon. When the Autobots are immobilized, they are gray. It still doesn't feel like they know when they're frozen. It's weird. But later in the movie, Optimus would turn gray to show that he's dead. Like eventually, gray would be what happens when Autobots and Decepticons die. Like the whole movie and in season three and stuff like that. I think they even use it in other continuities
2: even now. That's how you know. (laughs) That is kind of weird why they didn't think to do something else to kind of like illustrate that they're frozen or something.
0: Mm -hmm. Not just have like a barrier of light around them like or something like that that's freezing them in place.
1: Hey boys, we're gonna be movie stars!
0: Main characters. I thought the main characters in this episode were Carly and Ironhide because they both did stuff in this episode a lot. Ironhide had some character development. I don't know about Carly. I mean, she just she didn't really learn anything. She's just like, I did this, and people learned about her. So that's what happened.
2: <laughs> I would also add Spike's jealousy and overbearing was also a main character because oh he's just constantly like, Carly, Carly, Carly. But what about this Carly person? Man, we gotta go get her and see what she's up to. She's causing trouble. Why is she around?
0: <laughs> also, I don't understand the one part where when he goes back to the, the place and they bring the part to Wheeljack, they're like, oh, we met this girl. And I'm like, what do you mean? You didn't meet her. She was talking to Bumblebee. Why do you even care right now?
2: You were jealous and angry at her. So why do you want to talk about her now? And why is the why did they? Well, how did she actually so Well, no, that's right. She came because she was in the woods and yeah. then they brought her along, I guess. I, I like that her.
1: Wheeljack absolutely didn't care. Like, uh, <laughs> we met this girl. Yeah, yeah. Now my mobile eyes is working better. I'm ignoring you, by the way. do like hear about stupid girls.
0: <laughs> so, would you guys say those two are the main characters this episode? For sure.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: And then, uh, there's no Megatron energy this time because he steals something that belongs to the Autobots.
1: Don't tell me what to do.
0: Starscream's blunders and stupid moments. I had three things. Spike's jealousy might have been on there. I was just like, how stupid it was. He's just like, oh, talking to my friend. I'm going to leave now. And so he won't ever get to meet her. Crumpf. Does he even show excitement when Carly just shows up after everything's been stolen? He like runs into her. Did they interact at all? Or is it after the fact?
2: Oh, was I for- uh, Carly and uh, Spike? Yeah. Um?
0: Or does he even like, want her there when she's like, can I come back with like you guys?
1: I did. Like, what? What? what is she popping up for? What the hell is she doing here? Hey, she's
0: going to be a part of this adventure because she wants to be. <laughs> like I she, think they had one line,
1: but they most. The <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. And then Ironhide brought her. And I think there was one line when she was first there. And then they kind of just moved on to Iron High quitting.
0: <laughs> was Spike didn't want her there. Cause he was already a, a jealous of it. Or did he just not
2: say anything? I forget. But yeah, I think he just was like, what are you doing here? And then they just moved on.
0: But oh, the other thing that was funny is when they first set out to the test, the, the thing in the beginning, they're like, yeah, here's my how my immobilizer works. And they're like, give me that hologram. I'm like, that is, is a hologram. I mean, I don't know what his plan was or if the writer knew what holograms is. I mean, <laughs> like, because the hologram is tested. So Ironhide comes in and shoots and doesn't hit it because it's a hologram. So they at least know what holograms work. But I'm like, well, how are you going to test the immobilizer on the laser beam hologram unless the holograms already programmed with how it would react if the immobilizer had hit it? Right. Because right. that's not really a <laughs> test.
1: <laughs> it was funny that the hologram was kind of like in a beam of light. It was being projected. And it just flew off the re- projection like, oh, we, we have projectors all over this room. It's not just coming out of this little flashlight-looking thing they I've got. But... <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, because it comes out a hound. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like it was made sense for a moment. And then it was just like, OK, now it's free. Now I can fly anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And the other thing that I thought was stupid was Megatron. Two different plans depending on what he did. He says, ah, we have the human now. Now they will come for her. And then when she's drowning, he's just like, eh, it's more fun to watch her drown. We don't need the Autobots to come to us. I'm like, well, that was your plan, though. But then also, before that the Autobots are already coming for the Immobilizer so why does he think having a human will let them come? They're already going to come back to try to take their machine. Do you think you just won and they're not going to attack? But, yeah. That, that was it. That was my other stupid moments.
1: I think the Immobilizer's remote control was really stupid. I think all it <laughs> needed was just a wrist strap or something. Because somebody drops it on the ground, and then Spike steps on it, and it immobilizes Wheeljack, which he deserves at one point. (laughs) And then at another point, the Decepticons are using it, and then somebody drops it, and it falls on a rock, and then it it accidentally immobilizes somebody else. (laughs) So I'm just like, uh, I think one improvement could be just, just adding a wrist strap or something <laughs> since people or just have making some kind of gun to,
2: or something like that. Yeah. people have
1: a tendency to drop this remote control. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> Single point of failure.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Pretty much the first 30 minutes of this episode were stupid moments for me. <laughs> I also realized that they've stopped
0: writing Starscream instead of making him, do something that causes the battle to go in the Autobots' favor. The last few episodes or so, now he's just the butt of the jokes instead of anything at all on his own part doing it. <laughs> so I used to have a list of all the stuff that he caused for the Decepticon victory to not happen, and now I guess I stopped updating that after like twelve episode twelve, because <laughs> like he just stopped doing that, and instead he's just like everybody attacks him or abuses him now
2: <laughs> all right we're gonna have to drop this segment from the uh the podcast we're gonna replace it with starscream's competent moments oh my god
0: <laughs> because even in the one last time with the sun collector he shoots at the thing and it bounces around and shoots him and and everyone but it doesn't do anything to hurt the decepticon cause it's just written to show starscream being stupid the whole point of it. It just wastes 30 seconds doing only that.
2: Hey, that's not... You can't do that, Sean. You can't... There's Just because it's not a stupid moment, you can't go and rehash a previous stupid moment. In this episode. Okay. <laughs> All right. Dark, excessive. Time. Liberty.
0: So fun facts. I mentioned the Galaga sound effects. The other is Carly's going to MIT, and that would make her around 18 to 22 years old. Okay, maybe 17. In prior episodes, we learned that Spike can't drive a motorcycle and in this episode because he can't get his driver's license, which means he's 14 or 15 years old because you can't start working until you're 14 years old.
1: Transformers land, you can. That's a new innovation of the future, too. Child labor is back, baby. (laughs) Oh,
0: God. I mean, what college girl is going to want to start dating some high school student that's not even going to be near a college?
1: He looks old enough to drive like he might be 17. And she's definitely an adult because she's got access to stuff like boats by herself and scuba (laughs) suits. And uh, within a
0: moment's notice, nonetheless.
1: By the way, her scuba suit looked like one of those evil anime like um, military kind of suits like. She like she's on Team Rocket or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she's only dating Spike to get closer to the Autobots because she's such a huge Transformers fangirl.
1: Is she and, really a fangirl? Or yes, she, a she was like, introduce me to Bumblebee.
0: She's like, I want to talk to the. Then she goes and chase. Like she follows them because she wants to follow Bumblebee to their base because she wants to see what the Autobot base looks like. So she's like all into these Transformers. So I feel like she would be dating Spike just to get closer to them.
1: Why would she be like a fangirl of the Transformers when she has all that Mission Impossible stuff going on? <laughs> like she's got like access to mad resources apparently
2: you know what i'm starting to come around to charlie's (laughs) viewpoint because (laughs) if she just if she was just a fangirl she wouldn't have just gone off and like well i'm gonna ditch these guys and go bomb the decepticon base she's got some other motives going on where she's just like i'm just using everybody to get to my real motive like i really just want to like something happened between her and her past where like the Decepticons killed her parents or something like that. And she's just like, I had to do what I can to get them.
1: (laughs) It seems like she has a backstory for sure.
2: And
0: we'll never learn that because the humans aren't important to the transformers.
1: (laughs) So in these four episodes you're talking about that she is still in, she doesn't get any type of backstory they don't write anything she doesn't work for the government or no the, she's just the a military te-
0: she's just a college teenager hanging out with the autobots getting involved in some of
2: their adventures she doesn't charlie, have a I super don't get it. rich
1: you, dad or something do you not no. understand
2: charlie i mean she gave you the answer the answer this, is. This, MIT. this isn't the president's it's daughter. MIT. It's MIT. <laughs> that should explain everything. That answers okay. all your questions. MIT. She's the yeah.
1: president's daughter, and she has access to everything. She has all intelligence, and she knew about the underwater base from. That's the, that's military. the MIT
0: education. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Carly gets one action figure with Masterpiece Optimus Prime from 2019. Wow. Along with Spike and Sparkplug. <laughs> All the humans, except poor old Chip. Doesn't get his own little figure in there.
1: Oh, poor Chip. Poor Chip. Chip does need a figure.
0: Masterpiece Jazz or something, if I recall. That's his only figure. Oh, okay. She has magnets in her feet that allows her to stand on Optimus Prime's combat deck. And she can pilot Roller and the auto launcher mounted on his deck. Oh, yeah. Any last comments about this episode before we go to the character spotlight? Nope.
1: At um, 20 minutes and 40 seconds, Soundwave was almost unintelligible. <laughs> I think he was saying laser beak eject, but it was more like... <laughs> and I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it.
0: <laughs> We're going to start with character spotlight megatron who wants to do
2: his quote and description i'll read it okay his character quote is peace through tyranny megatron combines brute strength military cunning ruthlessness and terror aches to return to cybertron to conquer after destroying all autobots on earth plans to possess all earth resources incredibly powerful and intelligent fires nuclear charged fusion cannon can link up interdimensionally to a black hole and draw antimatter from it or for use as a weapon. No known weaknesses. (laughs) It
0: says no known weaknesses, but yeah, his big weakness is he never listens to anybody, so that's also why his stuff usually fails. I like the description where it says, it almost says that he could return to Cybertron anytime he wants, but he'd rather stay here and destroy the Autobots first. And, like, plunder Earth for its resources. Because they have their own space bridge. They could just leave and go back to Cybertron. But I think it's also not that good there. They need more energy to power Cybertron. So he's probably like, eh, I'm not going to go back to that dead planet yet. Not until I steal all the energy from this planet. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) What would you think of his description to match the
2: character from the cartoon? Uh, yeah, you basically pointed out the two things. I, I was like, that raised an eyebrow for me because I'm like, he definitely has weaknesses. I would also say that his rivalry or urge to defeat Optimus always kind of throws him off his game as well. <laughs> but yeah, why, why would they need to, why is he so concerned about having to beat the Autobots first before he can deal with Cybertron?
0: It is pretty funny. It just kind of feels like a character thing. Or he could just be like, they'll just follow us anyway. Might as well defeat them here at their last stand. I don't know. Just
2: holding a grudge.
1: Yeah. Weakness is his disloyal crew and uh, <laughs> their desire for mutiny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God. You haven't even gotten to, like, there's ones much later in Season 2 where all three of the Triple Changers get together to overthrow Megatron. Not Starscream, these three other characters who think they're better than him.
1: (laughs) Wait, I still function.
0: This is the fate of Megatron after the movie. So I'm just going to tell you what I think after watching decades of Transformers, what happened. Are you guys ready for this? Go right ahead. Let's see. (laughs) We're going to test you. Don't embarrass yourself, Sean. So Megatron in the movie gets converted by Unicron into Galvatron and that's pretty much it for a while. I think he goes into... No, after the movie, Rodimus throws him through Unicron's eye and he falls all the way through space to Earth where he breaks up into a thousand pieces because of uh, Unicron's um, magic or whatever and he becomes the Legion which has tentacle tongues and uh, somehow he, you know exists possessing machines then eventually he reforms just in time for the third season where he's galvatron again i don't know don't ask nobody likes to talk about that dark time period in the transformers history oh my god (laughs) that story and then he's galvatron then in the first japanese cartoon i know he blows up and then you think he's dead so that scorpionock mega uh black zorak No, Megazorak can be the new leader. But then Galvatron just shows up at the end, near the last few episodes, and not dead. And he wants to convert all of Cybertron into his own body to become the biggest Transformer to even rival Unicron. And I don't think that goes very well for him. And I think he crash lands into into Antarctica, where he freezes over and dies for a good. At least he never shows up in the new Japanese shows. But then, in the storybooks for the sto- the toys and everything uh, after the three animes have concluded in Japan, he awakens from Earth somehow in the Antarctic and becomes Super Megatron and turns back into Megatron for some reason. I don't, I don't know why. I think somewhere along the way, he finds like black balls and gets superpowers that are like Dragon Ball like things. Some point, I don't know if it's an alternate universe. He becomes a body part to become Mega Megatron and combines with four of his people. I don't know. Now I'm starting to lose it, and I think that's all. <laughs> all right. I give you a B. <laughs> okay. Thanks. You guys want to alternate between some fun Megatron facts?
1: Sure. All
0: right. Let's Charlie, see. you can start.
1: Before I start, was that Walther or Walter?
0: It's Walther. <laughs>
1: Walther. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Megatron's alt mode is based on a Walther P 38. He was released in two versions in Japan as part of a Microman line, as an accurate replica that matched the P 38 exactly without accessories, and one scene the man from Uncle with accessories. Uh, let me reread that. <laughs> He has released in two versions in Japan as part of the Microman line as an accurate replica that matched the P-30 exactly without accessories and one scene in the man from Uncle with accessories. America got the Uncle version. It's never in the show, but the original figure can hold its mounted arm cannon on a tripod and shoot it.
2: Thomas? The Japanese version shot out really small plastic pieces that were not used in the U.S. version.
1: Aw, oh, man. I like small pieces.
2: <laughs> I can't wait to go choke on them. <laughs>
1: I used to put them in my mouth, too, yeah. Just eat them.
0: <laughs> All right, you're not getting any toys.
1: The Walter P-38 was produced in 1939 through 1945 by Nazi Germany. It's a 9mm semi-automatic pistol.
2: Okay. For context, a complete inbox sealed figure of Megatron is around $460 to $490, with a good open version around $250. A Walther P38 is worth around $1,200 new and around $400 to $600 used.
1: And has tons of releases in its first few years with slight variations. The most noticeable one is where his inner arms and legs are blue instead of red for a version released with Optimus in Japan. On
2: 2014 and 2015, he had a Mega Drive, Sega Genesis, and Mega Drive Gold version. His nemesis, Optimus Prime, turned into a Sony PlayStation. In 2017, he has a version that transforms into a cell phone. And Sean actually wants the one from the 90s that transforms into neon purple tanks (laughs)
1: okay sean
2: (laughs) (laughs) i had to put that there i looked at
0: because i don't usually i don't really like megatron or want his characters but the one where he turns into a neon tank i'm like oh my god because there's a neon dark purple tank and a neon like bright purple tank and i'm like oh god these look awesome
1: Sounds sick. I want I want those (laughs) mega drive transforming Sega Genesis transforming. Those look pretty awesome. I like those. Yeah. What was that one earlier that we were seeing with the looks like he's holding a flashlight. I was just wondering if you could put any flashlight there and if you put the one that burns things.
0: (laughs) That's how the original figure looked. The gun was freaking huge.
1: Oh, okay, so that's a gun. It's not a flashlight.
0: No, it's the pellet gun that without pe- well, without pellets. <laughs>
1: okay. Cause I'm like, it looks like it's something where a kid can screw a flashlight in there, like a standard mag light or something. <laughs> I would totally put the one that burns things in there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Apparently right before Beast Wars, they were gonna do a whole Transformers line of the Transformers now as ordinary objects, and one was gonna be Megatron as a camcorder, and his gun was now the lens and there's like a prototype of it, but they ended up going with Beast Wars and just abandoning that line instead. Oh, okay. Uh, Charlie, you're up.
1: Okay. After the three Japanese cartoons, Galvatron becomes Super Megatron in the books that continue the fiction. This Super Megatron art was turned into a figure in 2014. The artist, Bon Megami, had designed the character to transform already in the art itself
2: an unused art piece indicates a triple changer was considered that would transform megatron into skywarp and a jet indicating the first alt mode that was another transformer character Um, (laughs) i'm not sure how that would have worked yeah that's my own comment then a megatron that turned into galvatron into a hybrid gun of both their alt modes was proposed, but also rejected.
1: In Mandarin, his name means Big Mega. Big (laughs) Mega. mega. (laughs) (laughs) While in... uh,
0: Oh, that's supposed to be Taiwan. I don't know what happened there.
1: Oh, Taiwan. (laughs) Yeah, Taiwanese
0: (laughs) maybe, I think. In Taiwanese,
1: (laughs) it's Colossus. Wow. That's very... Mega? Boring. (laughs) In most countries... It's just simply Megatron. Actually, you wrote Megatrons.
2: Okay, fine. Big, big mega, <laughs> big mega. I like that. <laughs> I can just see all the Chinese commercials where the, the announcers just saying "big mega" just introducing Megatron. <laughs> yeah. Big mega. And there's a
0: funny story about his creation. Bob Budiansky said he combined Megatron with electronic. But Hasbro thought the name sounded too much like nuclear bombs and didn't want to use it. But then when Bob said that he was the bad guy leader so it's supposed to sound evil Hasbro then was just like oh okay and approved the name. <laughs> that sounds like the quickest persuasive speech ever. It's just, well he's the bad guy. Oh I get it now. Stamp Terrible. of
2: approval. Sounds like some execs just cash and checks. They don't care. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me work too hard. Whatever. Go ahead. Who wants to read this last one? Uh, much Transformers merchandise was based on action figure art and not the cartoon art. But Megatrons was based on an unused prototype version, which contained a black helmet and a different arm cannon. And we've seen this version in our last two storybooks. Thinking of errors based on either no data or just using the original box art or figure. This also led to Megatron looking like this in the comic books. Then, UK made Megatron gold instead of silver on his upper body and arms in their comics because of an error in coloring in their packaging art. That's the first Megatron picture in the Discord. If you see the
0: first colored Megatron, that's the guy that we've been seeing in our a lot of our storybooks. Wondering why he looks so different.
1: What happened today with the internet, or you would think, like you just... I mean, people could share the character art and it's always dead on, I would think. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. But But just look at the gun and see how different it is from the fourth figure onto the the seventh figure where it's fully colored.
2: I mean, I don't really like it. I mean, the first two iterations, it seems more like some kind of barrel, like a barrel fork, some kind of blaster. The last two, they just do look like a flashlight. It looks like there's pieces missing like i i don't know i feel like i would i would flip it around and have the bigger opening on the front and the smaller opening in the back That yeah. that's yeah.
1: totally a flashlight <laughs> from my perspective
2: yeah i mean it's a flashlight I mean,
1: that that should have been just a flashlight holder they could have made that part look like really like okay this is where the, all the electronics is on this thing and then you just screw in any flashlight you want, and it's a nightlight for kids. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I'm like,
2: where's the rest of it? Because when he's in the gun mode, that part actually it, it expands on both ends. It's not just narrow on the one end. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, it's funny because the only changes seem to be, well, other than the
0: red coloring on his waist, like it's mainly just head, helmet, and gun changes that were changed after that. Right. But yeah, I kept looking at that dopey face. And I'm wondering where that face came from in the uh, in the books, when it definitely has much more personality in the finished product. As opposed to him looking more kind of just generic in the in that first original prototype. So the last thing, if you see that helmet, this is yet to be released. There is a Megatron helmet picture that I've sent you guys. It features light-up eyes and says lines from the show, and will it be available April 2022 at GameStop exclusively
2: for $109. Oh <laughs> this thing looks so silly. This looks so <laughs> bad.
1: What's silly? Oh, the head <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of like, um... Yeah.
2: Do you this know what lines it's, it's supposed to say, Sean?
0: No, apparently it was supposed to come out the end of last year, but it got delayed. Every other
2: line, I don't care if it's from a different series, every other line should just be him saying, yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or him screaming at Starscream. Yeah.
1: Say, like, I. that was exactly what was in my mind. At the-
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the third line could be big mega. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That looks more like some kind of like a Incan thing or something. (laughs) Like it looks like a like a totem or something. It's not really something about it doesn't exactly say Megatron.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I don't think this this bad Photoshop is very flattering.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? That's a real helmet on someone's face. But as far as Megatron the character goes, have you guys liked him in the old? show here because I've always thought he was just a stupid leader when I was a kid maybe not just because he's the bad guy that fails but he always just like as a kid I didn't really like him I I thought he was just stupid but then I didn't like Starscream either I only liked Soundwave and Shockwave and then when he turned into Galvatron I was like Galvatron's awesome
1: they both have really hoarse really harsh squealy voices so you almost hate to hear them talking
2: (laughs) yeah i don't get that he's i wouldn't say he's dumb but you really don't get to see him as portrayed as a good leader i don't think he's a good leader in the way where like you know some of his cybertronian backstory where he's like i don't know he just leads all the forces everybody looks up to him and think he's a very capable military leader i don't really see a lot of that in the show
1: (laughs) he's always just yelling at his troops to shut up and do what he says Even if it's stupid. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Like in
0: this one, he's like, you better get it to work because I'm your leader and I won't accept failure. Or like Starscream is like, oh man, we shouldn't do this. And he's like, shut up. We're going to do it because I'm the leader. And I don't think think Soundwave ever questions him. He just does what he's told. (laughs) He's never like, but Megatron, this might happen. He just goes, nope. I just just goes and does it. He's like the only one that never talks back or says something's going
2: to happen. The Shockwave question him? I feel like he... Well, maybe he usually questions Starscream most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Starscream's always
0: trying to get away with stuff while he's on Cybertron, I guess. But... uh I'm
1: just kind of comes off as just kind of a a jerk. Sometimes an, a bad guy can seem scary and powerful. You know, like, oh boy, avoid this guy. But... It's more like you just want to avoid interactions with him because he's just a douche. (laughs) He's not like a nice guy, (laughs) but um, yeah, he he doesn't scare me at all. He's not um, a—he doesn't seem like a super villain.
2: All right, we should wrap this. Yep. Since it's almost—I feel like this episode is going to be like two hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. We just kept talking about this episode for some reason.
1: We've got a lot of filler. You can cut some out.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, so that was our episode and Spotlight. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Sign off. This is Sean. Charlie. And Thomas. Night. Big Mega.